Aha! My apologies for missing last week. Had I filmed the episode before, uh, you know, Monday, when I usually post, it would have been fine, but I hadn't yet, and then Monday was like a super rough, kind of emotional day for me. I spent most of the day in fight-or-flight mode. I know, because I literally, I peed probably every hour. And then I, I had to research it. Like, does fight-or-flight mode cause you to urinate more? And it does. I was like, um, diabetes? But no, I actually think that it was just that day. I also spent the entire day with a headache. I spent most of the day like this. Like, my face, my head just crunched. Everything crunched. And then I would have to, like, drop all the muscles in my face. Ibuprofen, ice was not helping it. What helped was getting in the shower, making it really hot, and running all the water down, just hitting these muscles. My headache went away during the shower and I was able to step out of it with no more pain in my head, loose muscles, and that was nice. Really interesting to kind of listen to my body more instead of just be taken by the anxiety or the fight or flight mode. Listening to my body more and paying attention to what it goes through is really interesting. I don't have any sort of an intro for this show. I don't like intros in podcasts really. Even the Joe Rogan's intro, it's like 10 or 15 seconds, but I have to skip it. Joe Rogan all night, all day. Super obnoxious. I would like an intro to my episodes without it being the same in intro. I have on my other podcast, my film reviews, I've been trying out a more repetitive intro, but I do tweak it every time. CC Media is a place here downtown. Before the pandemic, I was working with them for a long time in their studios. Now, I have the opportunity to bring this call cast out of my bedroom and take it into CC Media, an actual studio. They're going to work with me, so I, I can pretty much still do it all by myself. I don't want to hire somebody. I don't want to take up one of their staff's time to, hey, can you switch the cameras for me? It's just a point-and-shoot, edit what I'm saying as I go along. If I was to post an episode raw... Without any editing, there's no way. I mean, all of the mess-ups and the amount of space that I take in between what I'm saying. I don't know how people can just talk for, like, one take and just go without us or ums or thinking about what they're going to say or unhappy with what they just said. <laughs> so I would really like to make it in the studio and get guests to talk about some topics. I mean, from religion to politics, to current events, I would like to get guests and bring another perspective into my podcast and, and have some uh, cool debates and make each other laugh. I walked two miles a couple times in the last week and a half, week and a half or two weeks. My legs are becoming a little bit more used to it. If I walk to the gas station that's 0.4 miles away, so that's 0.8 miles round trip. If I do that every day or even every other day, it irritates my legs, gives me shin splints, my feet start cramping during and afterwards. But I just recently heard a 72-hour rule that if you work and target a muscle group, say your biceps, your arms, you should wait 72 hours before you work that muscle group again. In that 72 hours, you're gonna have healing and growth that happens. The rest period is extremely important. I heard a quote that said more people would see muscle mass growth if they did one simple thing, which is rest. So I'm targeting my arms with my kettlebells, like those gym rats. I'm not lifting nearly as much as them or as frequently as them. So I'm splitting it up into two, two days doing arms, two days legs, two days back. And then using the four days in between for my rest period. I walked two miles. I walked two miles two days ago, and the walk started out, my legs were hurting, but then they got used to the walk, and they didn't tighten or burn like they usually do. So then today, I walked 0.8 miles again, and hardly felt any pain at all. 
they heal and grow stronger in the rest period. Plus, forcing myself to not do something is actually kind of new to me. I'm all about green lights, usually few red lights, but I'm realizing, I'm seeing the benefit of more red lights. Like, don't lift the kettlebells today because my arms are in a resting period. That's actually kind of hard to do. It actually makes me go, I can't wait to lift them again. Instead of, oh, I have to lift them, you know, doing it every day. Making myself wait, that's new and that has actually been beneficial. I think that will provide me with the longevity that I'm looking for. Making myself wait, that will make me be excited to do it again. So before I get into four stories here, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell four stories and end the podcast with that, but I wanna show you guys some footage of my weekend. I was house-sitting, dog-sitting for my parents when they were in Idaho visiting a friend who, who unfortunately has inoperable cancer. I was house-sitting and I tried out my new GoPro. Somebody gave me a GoPro. When they sent me the Xbox One, I had a fan send me that. They also included a GoPro in there. I had no idea. I didn't expect that at all. So here is some GoPro footage from my time playing with Chewy over the weekend. Oh, and also, if you're listening to this, you should know that there is footage that will be playing for the next minute. Actually, there's more people that actually watch the show, so this is for the people that watch. <laughs> okay, enjoy. In the booth right now, Mr. Neil Pickup. Wow. First round goes, headed to the straps, just like I predicted, but Vitaly very offensive in that driving sideways and not straight back, which is uh, not what I expected. Yeah, so obviously you can see that he's a super playful dog, and he knows to not go too rough. The dog that we had just before him, we did have to give away because he bit my nephew. If you started playing with him within five minutes, he'd start biting too hard, and it's like you couldn't play with him. Chewy, I mean, obviously I can actually play with and chase around and stuff, and he's not gonna, <laughs> he's not gonna like confront me. So now I, I'm getting into the four stories that I have. Um, and most of these are decisions that I made that were not great. And they led to lessons being learned big time. Let me set the scene for the first story. There was a period of my life where I was involved with three different youth groups in Brazil when I lived there. And that came about because I was very involved with a summer camp. Every summer that I spent in Brazil, I spent at that camp. I made a lot of friends and splintered off into those youth groups. I was really well known for being goofy, being on the stage, doing music, doing skits. Music, I mean dancing. I was known for my goofy dances that would get people out of their seats and start dancing with me. This was a skit that I think I included some sort of dance. <laughs> well, in the middle of the skit, actually it was towards the end, I fell forward and the way that my legs came up, they just split my shorts. <laughs> Completely, I knew it right as I fell split my shorts. I stood up, 
and I walked out, <laughs> out of frame into the building. One of the leaders, I mean, most of them noticed, but one of the leaders commented afterwards. He was like, I knew something was wrong, but I, I didn't see the shorts. Well, this led to the next few hours being spent in the bathroom, just chilling, just hanging out. Called my parents, and for some reason they were hung up and couldn't get me new clothes, new underwear, new pants. I well, not underwear, but new pants, definitely. <laughs> I wasn't alone, though. A lot of male youth leaders came into that bathroom, brought in guitars and cajones, and we had worship time. We talked, made each other laugh. They know that it was really embarrassing and that I was very vulnerable, and they came and just kept me company in the bathroom for a couple hours until my parents were able to bring me some shorts. <laughs> it's just one of my... Uh, favorite memories, but it's all downhill from here. In film school, we were on film set and I was the second AD, which is the second assistant director, meaning that I'm kind of where the food is, <laughs> ironically. But I'm in charge of telling the people who are not supposed to be on the film set directly, but they're waiting to be called. They're usually over at Crafty, sitting, munching, chatting. I'm in charge, I have a walkie-talkie, I say quiet on set, that means everybody needs to be quiet because they can hear anything and everything, phones off, not even on vibrate, off. I'm the leader of my general area. Two friends of mine who were director and, and first assistant director on another shoot, on another set, not this one. On this one, they were just like, you know, sound guys, grip, something like that. We had to shoot movies in succession. These two guys, Nate and Lucas, they were, one was a friend and one was an acquaintance. They were discussing their project, which was next to film as producer and first AD, which again, they were not assuming those roles yet. As they discussed this project, I could overhear that they were totally talking mad crap about my friend who was the director of that next film. So to hear his producer and his first AD talking crap about him behind his back on set for everybody to hear, instead of confronting them right then and there because I was in charge, I got near to them with my camera recording and I recorded the conversation. I took that conversation to my friend Jalan, who was the director. I sat him down that very night and I said, your producer and your first AD do not have your back. Listen to this. Well, that caused a fiasco. Jalan took it very hard. He, I made him cry by showing him this. It was rough. Um, with Lucas, a few days later, he and I talked it out and both apologized to each other. But the other friend that I was an acquaintance with that totally killed the acquaintanceship, we did not have any contact really at all after that. I know for a fact that he resented me and he talked mad crap about me to other people other people in his circle. Then a few years later, I lived within a mile from Lucas. So he and I actually hung out all the time up until it was almost time for me to leave Michigan. He and I kept a really good friendship, but there was nothing with Nate after that. Again, I turned it into more than it needed to be. I could have shut it down right then and there because I was in charge. Like if you're gonna talk crap about my friend Jalan, you're gonna do it offset where nobody can hear you. That's what I should have done, but it was a cowardly move by me. Here's a new cowardly move. I made a new friend in Brazil, and I feel like I really ruined that fr friendship by speaking about something that I knew nothing about. He may have even stopped coming to youth group and church because of this. I, I really do regret it. But somebody pointed out to me a hickey on Bruno's neck, or what looked like a hickey. 
And there was also speculation of which one of the females in the youth group might have given that to Bruno. Well, I went to the head pastor and told him all of this speculation as if it were the truth. I even told a few other friends, and one of those friends said, Dude, that's just a big old spider bite on his neck. What are you talking about? I was like, what? And he goes, that's just a spider bite. And he was correct. That's all it turned out to be. But that's not where it stopped for Bruno and I. There was a meeting with the youth leaders about this, in which the head pastor stated that I had told him that I had personally seen them making out. So the person that I had told had added to it, had added to what I had told them because I didn't tell them that at all. My mom called me and said, did you see those two making out? And I was like, no, I, no. Now it's a game of telephone where Bruno was probably confronted about this. His spider bite spun a metaphorical spider web that I had a huge part in, uh, in propelling. I set that in motion. The person who made me aware of the looking like hickey thing, they pretty much set up the boulder for me. I had the choice of rolling it down the hill or just not even touching it at all. Oh, I guess that was, okay, so maybe three stories. I guess that was, that was it. But uh, it took me a while to think of some of these. I think I tucked them away so deeply down, if that makes sense, in order to not think about them. But I recently heard that talking about them and, are, and expressing them actually brings new wiring to your brain so that it becomes more okay the more that you talk about it. It provides feedback and illumination both on my end as well as the party that I'm talking to, being open to. Their reception of it is equally as important and can lead to healing. So there's more where that came from. Stay tuned. And ultimately, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you being here. And I'm eager to advance this podcast further into the studio with guests, like I mentioned. Peace, everybody.